Thunderbirds are go. Welcome to the last episode of Punk Goes Pod for the decade. The deck, yeah. I was going to start off with the year, but you just went straight into the decade. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no fucking. There shouldn't be any fucking around with it. It's the end of the decade. Fuck it. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Next year it'll just be another like simple. Hey, we're finishing up the year. It's the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. But no, uh, I feel like with this one, fuck it. Let's we'll we'll skip the intro. You know who we are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like this. New Year's Eve, this end of year, I was saying this to my hairdresser of all people the other day, shout out to Oakram at Cherry Bomb Hair. Um, Hello, Oakram. I, yeah, I'm feeling a bit more like, even though it's literally just going to be another day ticked off the calendar, like, it does feel like there is some gravity to this one, because it's, we're about to enter the future, the 2020s. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we're already we're already in the Blade Runner future. That was twenty nineteen. Yeah, we're already in the future of Danger Days, uh, the My Chemical Romance album that was set in twenty nineteen. How long ago was that recorded? That was ugh, twenty, not twenty. 2000, Sorry, I shouldn't have asked you that question. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But that's kind of funny because, like, what's the future in Danger Days? Ah, uh, Christ, I don't know. I've got the comic book. I still haven't read it yet because I'm a bad fan. Um, but is it dystopian? Is it Yeah, fucked? some, it... like, like, it's not completely fucked, but it's like, well, yeah, it's sort of, I don't know. It's sort of like that whole thing of, like, when something's set in the future, you got to make it futuristic, like. But it's like 10 years. It's... 10 years into the future, that's not like. It's not like huge leaps in... It's not like how Blade Runner was... was I was going to say recorded. Was filmed in, you know, the early 80s. Saying, like, that's 2019. Like, nearly 40 years on. Like, you could go, okay. Yeah, maybe. Probably not still. But maybe. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think the intention was there at the time that they recorded it. But these days, I can definitely see dystopian futures playing out over a shorter oh, time span. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, was it really that different back in like the early twenty tens? No, not really. Like it wasn't as pronounced, but it was sort of like, oh yeah, things are kind of fucked. Thought experiment in twenty nineteen, what will it look like? It could be a bit cooked and they were right. Let me ask you something. From all the uh, futuristic movies, yes, or all the future mo- movies set in the future, yes. What's one thing from one of those movies that you're like, damn, I wish we had that? Mm. I'm gonna cut in while you're thinking about that. Sure. It's not hoverboards. It's no. not self-lacing shoes. Although no. that would be dope. It's not flying cars. But it's from Back to the Future Two. Yes. Which we've already gone past that future as well. 2015. We have. They. Eat, they have like Pizza Hut pizzas, yeah. but they're these tiny pizzas that start out like that, and they're they're like dehydrated pizzas. So they put them in the hydrating machine, and then like it takes about five seconds, and then the pizza comes out like a regular size pizza. Uh, hey, pizza! I'm oh, all right, just wait. When it's ready, could you just shove it in my mouth? <laughs> Don't you be a smartass! I'll break the atrocity channel. Hydrate level four, please. 
Ooh. Is it ready? Here you go. Oh boy, oh boy, mom, you sure can hydrate a pizza. And it's and it's always it always struck me as funny because like they have two pizzas. One of them is pepperoni. Yes. And I'm like, cool, that looks delicious. The other one is just cheese and green capsicum. What the fuck? Like, is that how it's described on the menu? Like, no, that's what like that's what oh they show you. Gr- yuck! Like, that's the pizza that they show. Based you. on the description alone, those just sound like they would be the most disgusting. <laughs> like, you know, when you have a pizza and you eat a slice the day after, but you put it in the microwave and then it gets that spongy. Yeah. Like, like that just sounds like that would be all of that pizza. Yeah, that crust would not not be stale. Oh, it would be so disgusting. No, that sounds awful. And now I can't think of anything that I want from the future because that's just ruined it. (laughs) I don't know. Tell me, Mama, what are we doing this week? Straight up. Before we uh, get too distracted. I'm going to be straight up with you. We're doing a Paula Abdul song. Oh, it's not the one where she wants to bang a cartoon. It's not the one where she's dancing with a cat. Yeah, the cat is her love interest, though. The cat is her love interest. Yeah, sure, but like... Uh, yeah. Look, I'm right. not. We are not having this discussion beyond that. That's fine. I don't want You're to... shaking your head no as you say that's fine. So I guess... No, I'm shaking it like, sort of like, yeah, no, that's fine. I don't want to have this discussion. Yes. But... <laughs> no. So no, we are doing the song Straight Up by Paula yeah. Abdul as covered by the band Halifax. Uh, off the album Punk Goes 80s. Unfortunately, not from Halifax. No. In Canada. But we are getting way too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So let's let's stay in this mode of a year in review. Yeah. So how has 2019 been for you? Pretty good. I, you know, started off in, let's say, I'm not going to like... Go, I'm not going to slam dunk my job, my previous job. I, but I was in a place that wasn't terribly, you know, great, you know, for my mental being. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I did stuff like I knuckled down and I, you know, wrote a 200 page manuscript in the span of a few months. You did, uh, which I still need to get back and edit and try and get something done with that because I'd love to have that published. Mm-hmm. We started this. We did. This has been one of the things that I look forward to every week. Yes. Now, I love doing this. Uh, 22 episodes strong, over 2,000 plays. Yes, we cracked the 2K mark we're a gonna, couple of days ago. We're going to celebrate next week with a big song. Yes. That is very celebratory. Yes. Next week, next year, next decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the future. In the future. Got a switch. That's dope. Yep. Didn't I get you that? No. Yeah. Yes. You and you and my family. Yes. Yeah. But I still got one. Yeah. Got a switch. That's dope. Mm-hmm. There was something else. I read a lot of books. I got and I, I got fell back in love with reading, and I also discovered some. And it's it's not really that far of a stretch, but I discovered some new sort of subgenres of metal that I'd sort of dismissed. So like doom metal and like mm-hmm. and kind of like your epic kind of metal like it was like for so long i was like nah it can't be clean singing and then it sort of turned around i was like actually no this is all cool yeah 
So, and... You've been living with me too long. You appreciate a clean vocal. I still don't think you would like the stuff that... No, I would not. You might. Like, you know, some of it. Like, I was listening to one called Savage Master. Mm. And it's like a... It's sort of like doomy kind of heavy metal with like a female singer. And yeah, she's got a really sick voice. Cool. Continue. Um, but yeah, just reading and, and sort of jumping out of my... Because I, I kind of had fallen out of love with reading. Yeah. And as someone who wants to be a writer, that's not really great. But that's because I was bogged down with like only reading fantasy and Murakami. Yes. And then I sort of... Yeah, I was taking months to read just... 300 page books and so I just said to myself you know what no break yourself away from that read other things read other genres Can, well, it, you know and I still continue to read Murakami but that's because I would read Murakami really quickly yes and you know I rediscovered kind of my love for reading mm-hmm. I spent a lot of money on books this year you did but that's okay and yeah you know probably the best thing is you know planning further for our wedding yeah. And getting serious about that and putting money down on that. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, before I start, I just want to say to Sam's mother, Marilyn, I bet you're sitting in your car or your living room, wherever you're listening to this saying, I told you so. Ab- about what? About you expanding your horizons oh, in terms yeah. of reading other genres. I'm still not reading Jane Austen, though, Mum. But st- <sighs> Anyway, I'm with you on this one, Mel. So... Yeah, 2019's been good. Uh, I'm terrified about the world in general, but in terms of our personal life and my personal life, I feel like this year's been pretty great. Yeah. I don't know. I tried to say good and then great, so I went guru. Guru great. Um, got my peas. Yay. My sister has been... All over the world this year, and before she left, I said I'm going to get my... By the time you come back, I will have my peas. And she laughed at me, and I laughed at the notion as well. And I did it. Um, and then Maggie left. Yeah, <laughs> she's such a little trooper. Uh, yeah, making good strides in my career. Uh, I did dancing again this year, which is great. Um, yeah. I think for me the highlight has been the wedding stuff as well. Like, really sort of cementing, like, yep, we're doing this. Yeah. Um, we still have a long ways to go with planning, but it's been exciting. It has. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, there's a lot I want to improve on next year, but at the same time I tend to not keep New Year's resolutions because it's kind mm-hmm. of dumb. Like, if you want to change something, just fucking just do it. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to. Think. We only saw. Like, we only saw Gambino together. We yeah. saw. We went our separate ways in seeing shows. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I've seen this year. I saw a Nile Nathrak. Saw a blind dude stage dive at a Nile Nathrak. That's sick. And they were very. Um, that was kind of a like. They're just a very like, incredibly heavy. And sort of very bleak music. Um, and from time to time, the it's two members with a, with a, with a band that travels with them. With the, mm-hmm. A touring band. Yes. And so it's one of the original members, the guitarist. And he just kept going, because like, they're from England. And he just kept coming up to the microphone every couple of songs. And he's just like, 
Can we get some stage divers up here, please? Mm-hmm. And then they'd sing songs about the the horrors of World War One, and then like they'd finish that. And, Can we get some more stage divers up here, please? He's very polite. Yeah, I saw Emperor as well. That was one off my bucket list. Yeah, we're going to say bucket list, bucket list. Yep, very good. Yeah, I saw the Queen herself, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yep. Ticked that one off my bucket list. We didn't talk about that because that was recently. Yeah, it was. No, it was good. It was, yeah, such a, like, it sounds really condescending and I do not mean it this way, but, like, she is such a strong singer live. Like, not that I didn't expect her to be, but I was just, yeah, I was like, wow, like, you were really fucking good at this. Like, because, you know, there are some, like, acts you go to see and they're like, you're like, oh, yeah, like, it's. Like, they're good, and I had a good time, but, like, she is a true, like, entertainer. Yeah. So good. Um, and, yeah, it was one of those concerts where, like, I did sort of pause in the moment and have a look around, and I'm like, this is really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to chase that feeling of, like, being in the moment. Um, God, who else have I seen? I saw Casey Musgraves. That was pretty cool. Um, I feel like this year's been a bit of a quiet year, gig-wise. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't really remember much of the ones that you saw. No. But looking into next year, what do you want for your year? To get married. <laughs> if you play your cards right. <laughs> <laughs> if I stop the jokes. No. And yeah, no, that makes it sound like you want me to stop joking around. <laughs> don't mean that in the slightest no um i want to i want to have my manuscript kit tanner blue women will be the death of me mm-hmm. edited yeah hopefully by the middle of the year cool and you know trying to get that thing published i don't know what the next step is for that but i will need probably some help i'll probably need to reach out to someone and say how do i get this done mm-hmm what about you? Um, nothing like lofty goal wise. Like the wedding's gonna be sick. Um, I would like to focus more on being not being like doing creative stuff. Like do more craft, read more books, put my phone away. Just do stuff that's a bit more tangible and tactile. Um, Would it be really rude of me if my Christmas gift to you was one of those phone safes? What, like a... Um... You've not seen them. Like the, It's like a little safe that you can lock your phone away on and I wouldn't give you the code. <laughs> I... I mean... No? I don't know. I used to have, when I was a kid, it was... It was like it started off as like it was a coin jar, but it started off as it was filled with lollies and it was a candy safe. Oh yeah. And so, but it was like clear on the, it was like clear plastic, so you could sort of look in from the other side and see where you know where it all sort of clicked and you could open it up. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have money to put in there anyway, but it was like, yeah. This is riveting stuff. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I like it. Good. I would also like to have some more guests on the pod. Definitely. I want Tony Hawk. Yeah, what do you want for the podcast? 
Mm. More guests, definitely. I would love for us to clock 2,500 by the end of the year, but I feel like that might be a little bit too... And you mean by the end of 2019, not by the end of... Yeah. But then, yeah, into 2020, I'd love to get up to like... I love that confidence, like, ah, yeah. Yeah. Like, love to get to like 5k plus, which I reckon will be very doable in 2020. Um, Sam is knocking on wood. Um, And yeah, just like exploring more guests... Like, reaching out to musicians. Maybe we do bite the bullet and reach out to Jim Fearless or whatever their actual name is. Or Yeah. But yeah, Tony Hawk, we're coming for you. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I've... I'm sorry to circle back to me, but like, with this podcast... Like, talking about, like, discovering new genres of... Or new subgenres of metal and, like, new, you know, books and that sort of thing. Books. New styles of books books um this has also sort of given me that thing of like oh yeah pop punk is fun like i don't have to not listen to it anymore sort of like coming back to this has been a real blast like listening Mm -hmm. to stuff that i you know have listened to and stuff that i didn't listen to at the time yeah yeah yes I, get, I am inclined to say I told you so, but it was never a point of contention between the two of us. Well, there was, there was, yeah, it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like, because you, you, you came up with the idea for the podcast. I did. We wanted to do a podcast together for years, mm-hmm. and you said, let's do a Punk Goes Pod, a Punk Goes Pop, or a Punk Goes Podcast, and then immediately I was like, fuck yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Absolutely. been good. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I feel like I sort of missed the boat a bit on 29 scene, except to bring back the Punk Go series in this format. Um, not that it's gone, but just sort of manifested a bit more actively. Um, yeah, I kind of want to just... What's the word? Regress a bit in like my style and musical taste, and I just sort of want to have a bit of a crisis and dress sort of emo again. That would be funny. You know what you should do that for? You should do that for... If you're going to do it for one night, you should do it for your hens. <laughs> that would be really funny. If you want to call it a hens. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah, hens is fine. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like we should get into business. If we'd stayed on Carly Rae Jepsen when you said she's a really strong singer, I was going to say, you know who wasn't the strongest singer? One Paula Abdul. <laughs> So, Samuel. Yes. I don't know. The last like month or so, I've gotten really into calling you Samuel, Samuel. when we're talking business. Yeah. <laughs> or when we're at karaoke and I'm trying to get your attention. Samuel! So, I hope that's okay, because I never actually checked in with you about it. Oh, that's fine. And when you... For the listener at yes. home, you're doing it... You're saying Samuel like that. The Samuel! Because it's, it's sort of in reference to when my dad would tell me off. <laughs> Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> I don't even think with mum I was Samuel. I think it was just like, Sam. Yeah. But with dad it was Samuel. You're Sammy to your mum, like affectionately. Yeah. 
But yeah, Samuel, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, I hope you don't mind. It's delightful. No. I've, I've come around to the name Samuel. I used to hate it. But it's so... It's nice. It's just, Yeah, I like it. Yeah, anyway. We're, we're getting... We need to focus. Fucking... Alright. Paula Abdul. What can you tell us about her? So Paula Abdul, uh, she was born in 1962 from San Fan... San Fernando. San Fan. Born in 1962 from San Fernando Valley. <laughs> we're going to do that again. Take three. She was born in 1962. She sure was. From San Fernando, California. I'm going to keep that all in because fuck it. Yeah. Why not? I'm going to have a go at it. So Paula Abdul was born in 1962 and hails from San Fernando in California. Yeah. Yep. You nailed it. Continue. She got her start as a cheerleader for the LA Lakers in 1982. Mm Mm-hmm. And whilst cheerleading, she was discovered by none other than the Jacksons, who Uh were attending one of her games. And that is, yes, the Jacksons is in the Jackson family, is in Michael Jackson. Yes. Um, she was, so from, yeah, them discovering her in, um, you know, cheerleading for the LA Lakers, they liked her stuff so much that they signed her to do the choreography for their song, Torture. Was that the Jackson 5? See, that's the kind of thing that I was trying to, I was sort of looking into them a bit, and when I look into the Jacksons, it does kind of go to the Jackson 5. Yeah. But it seems like it's, it's almost like... Because I don't know what the relationship was like with the father at that point. It almost seemed like because the Jackson 5 was his sort of yeah. thing. It seems like the Jacksons is almost like their divorce from him. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I, I did look into it a little bit. And it is kind of... It is kind of bizarre. Because um, I did watch the film clip for this song, Torture. Yeah. Um, you know, released in 1984. I believe that was the same year that Thriller came out as well. And so, like, Michael Jackson is performing with them in in the Jacksons as well. And so, like, the film clip is really bizarre. It's like a space... It's like a really spacey kind of horror film. Yeah. Almost. It's almost like if Flash Gordon and Alien married. It's this really kind of trippy... It's kind of cool okay. as well. Yeah. And it's also really weird seeing Michael Jackson... You know, he's not... Even though, like, I'm pretty sure, like I said, like, Thriller was that same year, and Thriller ended up being, like, the biggest album of all time. Yeah. Um, so, Thriller, the album, just to jump in, was released in 1982. Oh, 1982. So, he's it, coming in two years so after. So, that makes it even more, like... Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, he... I mean, they all sing in this song. They all have their own bits where they're singing, and I think he's playing, like, the guitar or something. Or he might be sick. He might even be playing an instrument on that. And so it is kind of really, yeah, it's like a, it's just a sort of strange kind of thing, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're sort of, you know, expecting the Jackson 5, and it's them now grown up, you know. Yeah. It's almost, and like I said, like, it's kind of cool, I don't know, it just has this really sort of, it, the, like, the the song was rumoured to be about S&M as well. That's and, a... and, like, the film clip sort of doesn't make you not think about S&M because there's a lot of leather and... Yeah, that interesting subject matter to be singing about with your siblings. 
but but like I don't I don't think necessarily like if they're if they were all as stunted yeah. as Michael Jackson, then they wouldn't be talking about S and M. Like they they're definitely not. I don't think. I think it's you know the love is torture and yeah. that sort of thing. But like you know people have interpreted it to be about you know whips and chains. Gotcha. Um. Just real quickly, looking up the release date for Thriller, <laughs> one of the also-asked questions on Google is, why did MJ write Thriller? <laughs> Just like, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why not? Really? <laughs> when you think about it. So, yeah, that's wonderful. But anyway. Uh, why, why did MJ write Thriller? It was some link to like a mental floss article about his inspiration for it, but it's not like... Ah, but the way it's worded. Yeah. It's like what inspired him to, as opposed to why did he write it? It's like because he's a musician. Like I remember the film clip for that, and he's he's watching... He's at the movies with the girl, watching, the, watching some movie, and she's shying away from it, and he's sort of there eating his popcorn, and she's just like, she's like... I want to go, he said, why, I'm having such a good time. And then, like, so she walks out mad at him because he won't leave with her. And then she, like, they they make up and she gives him a hug. And you can hear him, like, he's like, <laughs> in the hug. <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns into a zombie and starts dancing. As you do. As you do. When faced with physical affection from your girl. Yeah. So, back to torture. Back to torture. So I imagine this episode is torture for our listeners. No, it's great. Um, so my understanding, based on all the research that you did <laughs> this article... <laughs> How do you like them dot points, by I the know, way? I know, they are very good. Punchy. So, yeah, Abdul's work with torture and with the Jacksons would kick off a career in choreography. She said it was really weird telling the Jacksons basically how to dance as well i can imagine could you could you imagine like it would be like if i as a sort of i mean i'm not gonna no actually i'm not gonna compare because you watch her in the in the film clip to to straight up and she's a fantastic dancer she is yeah um but still like if that's your first gig and you're telling someone like michael jackson like this is how you dance it's almost like who the hell are you to tell me yeah but obviously like it worked out for her because it kicked off a career in choreography for her for sure you know, she did the work. She worked on Janet Jackson's Nasty. Ah, oh, so good. And uh, she would, you know, choreograph the famous keyboard scene from the Tom Hanks film Big. So, Big is one of those films I've probably, like... Yeah, I feel like I've definitely... I feel like I've definitely seen that. Yes. But I can't remember. So I was going to say, like, I've probably seen it as far as, like, it being on TV. But to me, like, the keyboard scene is just, like, him walking on keys like a giant keyboard but obviously not i think he dances okay well yeah he, <laughs> he must or else just like so step on that one and then step on this one over here and then step back yeah i just i th- i always think of like i always think of that bit from the office where he's talking about people with disabilities and he bring and he's like showing michael's showing pictures of people with disabilities it's like forrest gump mm. And then it's it's him in Big. People are like, why do you have Tom Hanks from Big? And he goes, well, you know, he grew into an adult overnight. Oh my god! And then he reuses the picture in another. So they're, and they're just they're looking at it and they're going, 
Why are you using the big picture again? <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, let's continue. Uh, Abdul would then use her savings mm-hmm. to record her first demo, which she was then soon signed to Virgin Records. Yeah, excuse me. I've. That's all right. I'll get it soon as well. What? The yawns. Oh, yeah. No, I've just been napping all day, so it's never enough. Now, should we do facts about the song or, or thoughts on the song? Let's do facts first. All right. Facts over thoughts. Facts over thoughts. Straight Up was the third single from Paula's debut album, Forever Your Girl. Uh, it reached number 27 on the ARIA charts, number one in Canada, number six in New Zealand, number three in the UK, and, of course, number one in the US, Billboard 100. Uh, in terms of end-of-year charts, uh, ended up in number nine in both Canada and New Zealand and number four in the US. Uh, Straight Up was her first number one single. Uh, her previous two singles, Knocked Out and The Way That You Love Me, were considered failures on the charts. I looked at them, I think they were... Yeah, they like they charted, but they weren't, you know, they weren't number ones. No, they weren't in the top tens, basically. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, considering this was her first... This was her debut album, you know, there were, all, there were like a fuckload of singles from this album. I think it was like six songs, six singles from it. But in terms of ones that actually stuck, like... Maybe... It's it's this, Opposites Attract and Cold Hearted. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, it, it, it earned her... Like, it, it was still a huge album yeah. at the same yeah. time. But... Shall we talk about the video? Yeah. So, fuck. <laughs> so, in terms of the video as yes. well, the song had already been released and was going up the charts before. Yep. Whoa, not too sure what happened there. I think the ghosts in our laptop are having a little bit too much fun at our expense. Basically, what we were describing here is that the film clip came along. A little bit after the song was released, and the song had already skyrocketed in popularity. Well, that's all I have to say. Back to the pod. And by they, I mean David Fincher, who directed the damn thing. That's nuts. David Fincher, you know, the director of Seven, Fight Club, Zodiac, The Social Network, Gone Girl. You know, some really fun films. Oh, yeah, just like real family films. Just... Feel good movies. In saying that, I do really want to rewatch Seven. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to rewatch Fight Club as well. We should just do a day where we just watch Seven, watch Fight Club, I'd like watch to... Zodiac, and just get really bummed out. Yeah, Gone Girl as well. I like that one. Social what? Network is boring. Social Network was kind of boring, but at like... the same time, like I want to see him pair up with Trent Reznor to do the straight up film clip. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Just like silence with dancing, but just like an underlying synth. Like, oh. How kind of amazing is that that Trent Reznor is like a score guy now? He's great. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Don't know too much about him, but yeah, it's also like at the same time, I feel like it's kind of cool that I don't know too much about him. Yeah. I know he was really good friends with Marilyn Manson during the 90s. I'm sure they probably got up to some shit, but. Mm. You know. Yeah. Whatever. So Abdul choreographed the video. 
You would hope so. Of course. Why not? That's, you know, it's either more money for her or less money for the studio. And... <laughs> I love that you're looking at this through a business lens. Like, very financially responsible decision on her end. <laughs> um, and it also features the actor Jimon Hunsu, mm-hmm. who was in Gladiator, Blood Diamond, Guardians of the Galaxy, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um and it also features comedian Arsenio Hall from, you know, the movie Coming to America and his own talk show. Oh, okay. In the, in the 80s. Arsenio Hall was kind of great. He sort of, he had a kid in like 1998 and was just like, no, I'm going to raise my kid. I'm going to take some time. Excellent. And that's what he did is he, you know, waited until his kid was old enough and sort of went back into, you know, doing acting and doing comedy and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's like Rick Moranis from... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. His he had two kids and his wife died. He's like, no, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to raise my kids. Like they need me around. I'm going to be yeah. there. It's like, oh wow, that's you know very sad but sweet. Yeah. What are you laughing at? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I just don't. <laughs> but also. Just on the topic, really quickly, of Arsenio Hall, he was also one of the first people to be sort of like, to raise awareness for, not positivity for HIV AIDS, but also like, to sort of like, eradicate the stigma of HIV AIDS. You know, kind of like how Princess Diana was like, they're people, they need hugs. Yeah. Yeah. But cool. Straight up, what do you think about this song? It's fine. Yeah. Like, I enjoy it, but compared to Cold Hearted Is it just Cold Hearted or Cold Hearted Snake? It's Cold Hearted. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to call it Cold Hearted Snake. Um, so compared to that and to Opposites Attract, it kind of pales. Like, it's fine. It just sort of comes off a little flat. Like, I enjoy it, but I'm not so like, hell yeah, when it comes yeah. on. Whereas, like, the other two, I'm like, this rules. This is so good. Could they have done Opposites Attract? You'd need to get, like... Would they have... Uh, I guess, would they have needed to get a female singer? Not necessarily. Could they have done... But you'd need two singers. Yeah, that's true. So you probably... You know what you probably would have gotten? Is you probably would have gotten one of those bands that we've already covered where you got your clean singer and your growly singer. And they probably would have done it like that. And it would have been cool. Would it have been, though? I don't know. We're not talking... Like, they okay, didn't cover okay. that song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you are so right. <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, like, I enjoy the song. Like, it's fine, but it's not, like... Yeah. Are you upset that they didn't do? Or do you wish that they had have done? I'm not even talking about the cover yet. I'm just talking about this song. No, no, but are you, do you wish that we were talking about one of those others? No. No? Okay. But just for the purpose of this, like, it's... Then I'll shut up about the rest. (laughs) Shut up about the sun. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Like, it... I think it's just the production value of the time and also because... I feel like I'm being very blanket statement, but, like, everything is so compressed these days that, like, everything else feels boosted in comparison to this. But just the production quality of it, it just feels very flat. Yeah. I can kind of get where you're coming from, mm. but I really like it. 
So explain why. I think it has a great kick beat, like yes. a great drum beat. Has a great bass line. <laughs> yes. That chorus has been with me all week. I feel like I say that most weeks, but that chorus has not left me. Yep. And I think it's just, it sounds like a Sega Mega Drive song, but, which I love. But I, I mean, I love that. Yes. I love that. You don't necessarily need to love that. Oh, I'm not saying I don't love it, but like, to me, as soon as you say Sega Mega Drive, I'm like, yeah, so like flat. You didn't have, like, bass-boosted Sega Mega Drive songs. We'll listen to some Sega Mega Drive songs after this. No, we won't. <laughs> Alright, well then... No, we, we will. How am I supposed to prove my point? Continue. No, I... But I do kind of... I do see where you're coming from. And where I, I said before that I don't think she was the greatest singer... I don't think she's the strongest singer. No, she can hold a tune, but it's not she like... Can, she can hold a tune... It kind of, like, the verse has that sort of, I don't want to say rap as in, like, she's rhyming, like, I said a hip, hop, hip, but it has that kind of cadence, like, a rap. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of masks it. The verse is, the, the chorus is really busy. Yeah. Which kind of goes over the top and kind of masks, you know, the fact that, and I'm not saying she's a bad singer. Like you said, she can hold a tune. She, you know, but there's a difference between, you know, glass-shatteringly good and... I'm trying to think of someone else who's just like... You're not even passable, but you're just... You're good. You're just not the best singer I've ever heard well, in my life. Well, even like, I don't know, Avril Lavigne. Chill out, what's she yelling for? Yeah, there you go. Like... That's a good one. And I feel like, the t- like for instance, just... I completely pulled that example out of my butt, but like... That's a good one, though. Thanks. Um, but like, the two of them... I can see how Paula Abdul made a really excellent pop star because she had the voice. Like, she had a voice. Yeah. She had the moves and she had the look. See, I think this is a very... This is a song you can very much tell was either written by or performed by a choreographer. Yes. At, at, like, a choreographer first, yes. singer second. Yes. This would have been an excellent song. Imagine being in 1988 doing Blow in a club... <laughs> dancing to this song that's true that would have been sick but we're in 2019 yeah yeah that's That's a fair cop yeah that's the thing and i think the moment that i realized she's not the strongest singer is is in the line can i have some information please when she's trying to do that sort of like high note but the high note just doesn't it it even kind of sounds sort of whispered just like please (laughs) yeah it's you know you you, you get me please And I just, yeah, I, I 100% agree. It's maybe a little bit flat. But in saying that... Yeah. This is... I feel like the lyrical content kind of lends it to be a little bit kind of flat because she's kind of flat in her relationship. This is her yeah. reaching a critical moment saying... And, you know, she would have been a woman in her late 20s by this point, And... Mm-hmm. We're a bit further on in 2019 where, you know, people are more, like, open to, like, polyamory and and people are more open to, like, well, I'm going to, you know, enjoy my body and I'm going to enjoy other people's bodies. But, you know, back then there still was that thing of, well, you need to settle down and have a family. Yeah. And 
she's saying to this person, what are we doing? Yeah. I've had enough. I'm giving you the ultimatum. You need to tell me straight up, are we going to be something or is this another hit and run? Which I think is actually a really good, I think it's a really sort of strong metaphor for, you know, one night stands. A it's hit, a cool analogy. Yeah. A hit and run. Yeah. Yeah. Am I caught in a hit and run? Is it? Is, and is that what it is? Is that what this is? Is it's just one night thing? Tell me now so I can try and, you know, move on. You can move on and we can do our separate things. Not to be too literal, but, like, to me, not even necessarily just a one-night thing. Like, just no. a, a fling. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, which to me, like... Friends with benefits or something. Well, yeah. But, like, again, not to get too specific, but, like, the idea of, like, hit and run being, like, come into my life, cause all this damage, and then fuck off. Like... Yeah. yeah. No, it's perfect. I remember when I first heard it, I was like, these lyrics are very sort of somewhat vague and non-specific, but the more I listen to it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. No, I... But I just think, like, yeah, the the, the tone of it isn't this, you know, huge triumphant, like, fuck you, you broke my heart, and it's also not, like, this huge triumphant, like, I love you, you, you fixed my heart. Yeah. It's in the middle, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah. it's those quiet conversations that you have with that person, like, what are we doing? Like, tell me. Yeah. And so I feel like it, it sort of does and it's it's kind of like this almost book ended thing like maybe opposites attract is this sort of like thing like hey they they're opposites and they're attracted to each other and it, it feels good to begin with and they're having fun straight up what are we doing are we having fun cold-hearted well you broke my heart yeah i just pulled that out you really did i could i could hell feel... mate i'm i'm patting myself on the back right now i thought you were gonna say you're patting yourself on your bum. From whence you pulled out this theory. Wow. I could I could physically sense you formulating that on the spot. It was great. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like the maths was just going off in my brain. <laughs> it's like it's like once once every decade it just works. My yeah. brain just goes, Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Serotonin room. come to me. Now the room smells like smoke. Yeah. Because I'm on fire. <laughs> But I think in saying that, I mean, I agree with you though. Like, yeah, it's a little bit flat. She's not the best. Mm. But it's also not enough for me to not enjoy it. And also, to your point, like, I am a bugger for thinking about things within the context of now. Yep. I need to remember to think about things in the context of when it came out. And it would have been a banger. A time where it was like four years before you, or three years before you were even born. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need to think about not existing. Yeah. No, no, yeah. In the void, it would have sounded amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We should um, get our parents on to talk about it. <laughs> um, no, I just think that it's... Yeah, I don't even know. Thinking, yeah, back to 1988. Well, obviously, you know, it was, it was a big song. So, like, you know, it was successful. People liked it. I know this is a bit gross, but you would have been in utero at that point. How far into it? Uh, what? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, when it was recorded, I think they recorded it in 87 and then released it in 88. So maybe. I might have been. Yeah. Yeah. You could have been bopping around to this. When your mum felt you kick, it was because Straight Up was playing and you were just 
rocking out. Yeah, I was like, those Sega Mega Drive sound and bits, they're just... That's straight fire! <laughs> straight fire! Mal, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm not... Again, I'm not... Uh, this time I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I feel like this is the best discussion we've had about a song. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I don't want to ruin... I don't want to ruin Paula Abdul's... I don't want to ruin her... Well, no, I mean... I'm being silly. And I mean, we've not even... We didn't even touch the American Idol thing, I guess, because we don't need to. We knew she was a judge on American Idol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like everyone's a judge on something at the moment, so who cares, really? Taylor Swift is judged on The Voice, like... I mean, I've judged... Nothing is sacred anymore. I've judged the deposits that Boss leaves in the litter box... Of them <laughs> I've judged that anecdote as being gross. <laughs> Although this whole day has just been a gross boss day. Yeah, we we were going to record a bit earlier, but then he vomited. I was having a nap. I feel like fuck it. We're telling the story. I was having a nap, fast asleep. Could woke up to like a <laughs> sort of noise. I was just like, oh my goodness. And it always seems to happen when I've been asleep. And so just as I clocked, like, oh my god, boss is about to honk. Like, get out of bed, like, stumble around, grab him with hopes to getting him into the bathroom. So it's on lino, at least. And he just let out, like, this stream of, like, barely digested food all over the carpet. And just, like, in splatters all the way in the bathroom. I was just like, why? And I explained the story to you. Because you were, again, you were asleep. So I was in the living room. He walks in to the kitchen, eats some food, comes out. I talk to him. He looks at me, goes into the bedroom, starts, like, jumps up on the sill, starts yelling at some birds. And then I hear, boss, what are you doing? And that was all within the span of about two minutes. Literally, it was about two minutes. He's, he didn't even have time to digest it semi. He is a gut. Like, and we were told this the day we adopted him. Or like when we went to meet him before yeah. we adopted him. It's like, sometimes he eats too fast and he vomits. And we was like, oh, that's a bit cute, but it won't end. Yeah. <sighs> Why can't he just get heartburn like me? <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that would be so awful. Imagine being a cat with heartburn. You yeah, couldn't tell anyone. You would, and you wouldn't understand what's no. going on. No. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hug him extra tight when we're finished. All right. So, I think that sort of covers it for Paula Abdul. I think so. Shall we talk about the cover? Yes. Hell of, uh, wait. <laughs> I hear 
You have hell effects to tell me about hell effects. No doubt these facts are straight up gnarly. Nice. They also are known as HX. Mm-hmm. Or hooks for short. <laughs> we're both just at this point, we're both leisurely just taking sips from water bottles, just a full ASMR. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Uh, they formed in 2003 from yep. Thousand Oaks, California. Mm-hmm. Man, that must be a real pain in the ass when they get another oak in there. I, I love the idea of when they named that town. They're just like, what how trees? many? Yeah. What, what, should we, what should we name this place? I don't know. How many trees do you reckon? Oh, is about in, a thousand. Is in that forest? Yeah, about a thousand. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it sounds good. Let's go on lunch. <laughs> so that's breakfast, right? Yeah, we've done our our day's work. <laughs> Let's go die now. We're middle aged at twenty. <laughs> well, I'm assuming it was like. The pioneering days or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pioneering days. I don't know if that's the correct word. Christ. <laughs> yeah. So, I tried finding out a bit more about them because their Wikipedia page says that they're going from 2003 to present. Yeah. But I see nothing after 2010, huh. which is almost a decade ago. Okay. Almost a full decade of just like, they released an album in 2010, which I think was a... A compilation yep. album or a best of or something or okay. something along those lines or maybe a cover album or something. I couldn't find too much, but at the same time, there's no mention of them breaking up either. Yeah. Okay. So I, but again, I looked at their Facebook page and again, there just doesn't seem to be anything after about 2010. Yeah. I'm looking for them on Twitter and I'm not seeing anything. It's weird. Halif- Hang on. Halifax official? Halifax band, maybe? No. Could also be like Halifax, Canada that you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's just kind of a big question mark. Yeah. Okay. For them. Well, shit. So I don't really have too much to say about facts so why don't we just get into the song so you don't have hella facts for me i don't have i, I really don't have hella facts um well yeah i, I guess... feel like i've let the podcast down no no i i think i let the podcast down by coming up with that stupid that joke. was great no it was a, it was a sam joke at its best <laughs> um well yeah if you're in halifax the band, not the place. I mean, if you're in Halifax, the place, like, hit us up anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're in Halifax, the band, and you can tell us what's going on. Yeah. Drop us a line. Punkgoespod at gmail.com. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll try and find you on Twitter to tag, but don't know. Hmm. So, what do you think of the cover? I think he's a better singer than Paula Abdul. Yes. Yeah. I think he uh, has a bit more range. He has a bit more strength in his voice. Yep. Um, yeah, just a bit more of a powerful voice, and it's just, yeah, I just think he's, you know, that that's what hits me first is that he's a bit of a better singer. Yeah. What do you think? That's just my first thought, but we can bounce off each other. Cool. Um, I prefer this one purely for the, yeah, the vocals are better, but also I feel like this conveys more emotion behind what's being said. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, this has a real sort of finality to it, almost. Yeah, and like I can see value in Paula's original, where it's sort of a like it's more sassy, like it's more yeah. And like, I'm, and you're watching the clip with all the dancing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like that's her like sort of girl power moment of like, tell me what's going on because if nothing's happening, then don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out or whatever the saying is. Um. Whereas this one is more of a, they're agonising over like, so what's going on? Because I need to know. Because it's kind of tearing me up. Yeah. 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 So I like that element to it. And I like the musicality to it as well. I, to go back to the film clip, I don't know why I was so surprised, you know, especially after, because I watched it after I looked into the information about her being a choreographer, knowing that she was also an LA Lakers cheerleader, and I was like, watching her going, oh, well, she's kind of a fantastic dancer. Yeah. Yeah. She would make quite a career out of it. She <laughs> did. Yeah. Um, this definitely would have been a song I would have, had I heard about it in high school, I would have lobbied the fuck out of it to play in, in my high school band. Yeah. Would have definitely, like, gotten, gone on guitartabs.com. Yep gone on to uh, azlyrics.com. I, I completely forgot about guitartabs.com. Yeah. Fuck. Hell yeah, guitartabs.com. Uh, I have this orange folder back home that has yep. all of my tabs in it. Yep. And I want to find it. And then when I, um, when I was getting much more serious into guitar, um, I think it was my graduation gift or something from high school, mum got me... It was a lifetime subscription. You only paid for it once. It was Ultimate Guitar. Yeah. And so Ultimate Guitar was sick because Ultimate Guitar, you they had heaps more tabs. Yeah. But you there was a program with it as well. So I could download... I could download Funeral Thirst by the Black Dahlia Murder. Yeah. And it would also... So it would have the tabs, but it would also have the track. Not, not the... Like, they would have, like, a really MIDI version yeah. of the track. But the track would play, so you would know how to... And you could do stuff like you could slow it down. You could put a metronome. What? And I was like, I really want to try and remember my login for that. Yeah. Is it still around? Ultimate Guitar, yeah. Shit. I think they've got an app for it. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think I could get it for, like, 20 bucks or something. Nice. So maybe I, maybe I could do that. But I just, um... Yeah. Guitartabs.com and AZ Lyrics. Yep. Was uh, our best friend in high school. Yep. Best friends. God, I used to print out lyrics as well. So funny. <laughs> what a time. I think um, in the Halifax version as well, I love that the intro sounds like Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. I don't have the reference point for that, but yes. I I'm going to test you for a sec. Alright. I'm going to play one. Yep. And I'm going to play the other. Yep. And you're going to tell me which one's which. Sure. Shit. Which one was Judas Priest? The first one. Yeah. Okay, but no, that's really fucking similar. Yeah. Wow. But it like hit me, I was like, oh fuck, I'm listening to Breaking the Law. We, which we eventually do Breaking uh, the Law as well. Breaking sick. the Law sh- will show up on Punk Goes, one of our Punk Goes Metal. I don't Excellent. know, I can't remember who does it, but. Nice. Well, no, that's, that's cool. That's yeah. funny because look at my notes. 
What? Going back to your previous... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Adds, adds a more serious tone to the song. For the listeners at home, the I've notes got my notepad. say... Yeah, he held it in front of my face. It says, adds a more serious note to the song. So, yeah. we agree. But no. I, um... Yeah, I don't know. I really just... I don't. I don't really have words for it. It's it's a really cool song. Yeah. Um, again, like like I said, like I would have, you know, lobbied my high school band to play this song. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just also gang vocals. Yes, I did. I did catch a glimpse of your little personal handwritten notes. Now I have a uh, philosophical question for you. Sure. Do echoes count as gang vocals? No, because they don't occur simultaneously. Ah. You're welcome. There you go. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you another one. Like, if if a one-man gang vocals in the woods, does that vocal even gang? <laughs> How many vocals can a gang vocal gang if a gang vocal could vocal gangs? Gangnam style. A gang gang. <laughs> But no, I I think, like, there also doesn't feel like there's that moment of, like, ah-ha-ha, uh, we're a punk rock band doing Paula Abdul. Like, it feels very... No, it's genuine. It's very genuine. Yeah. There's no laughter about it. There's no, like, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And this song shouldn't be tongue-in-cheek. No. Because, yeah, as much as it was sort of that sassy kind of track in the 80s, like, the sentiment behind it is real. And it's a sentiment that also fits punk music in air quotes like yeah a lot of music has been written over history in terms of ambiguity in a relationship or not knowing where you stand with someone else like just that element of the human condition but like it's perfect and even though it's from in this one it's from the male's perspective there's no like fuck you you bitch why won't you just be with me yeah like it doesn't feel like that it's just like you know this is tearing me up yeah, that's like they haven't co-opted it into something darker. No. They've just used it for what it is, because as it is, it's potent. And I think, like, it almost... I would almost say he's possibly the saddest sounding, besides, like, the acoustic songs. He's almost the saddest sounding yeah. vocalist, I'm in my mind. i pinpoint, like, who it reminds me of, but I can't think. But yeah, it's very melancholy, just inherently in the way he sings yeah yeah and it just yeah i could definitely see this as well i mean i'm not a halifax fan yeah but it just it kind of you know feels like it could be an original of theirs yeah yeah Yeah. but no and i I, you know i like the 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 heaviness just sort of adds to just adds to it just sort of keeps it you know yeah keeps the tone very serious the only caveat i have with it or like the only critique it could be shorter. Definitely. Like, by the end, it even sounds like they're starting to get a bit like, all right, uh, like, yeah. just finish. Like, they're gassed a bit. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. They're, they've gone a bit too long. And it is, it's like four minutes 30. It's the, it's the do, do you love me. Yeah. And then the straight up, is it, what's the line? Straight up, what'd you tell me? Straight up now tell me. Are you straight sure? up now tell me. But it's the part where it's just straight up now tell me. Yeah. Where they don't complete the, the line. Yeah. It just goes on a little bit too long. Yeah. Definitely. Could be could be an even four minutes. Completely off topic, I just remember that this year I saw Snow for the first time as well. Oh, yeah. Back to the song. 
Um, Even though you are also a Kiwi and you probably should have seen Snow at some Absolutely, point. I should have. Yeah. But... Um, no, well, congratulations. Thank you. That's very awesome. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Are we getting to that stage? Like, we kind of, when we go see a movie and we look at the runtime and go, oh, two hours, why does everything have to be over two hours mm. now? Are we getting to that point where it's like, why does every song have to be over four minutes? I don't think so if those four minutes plus are used wisely. Yeah. Because there are songs that go on for a million years, but... Do you? They're still good. I mean, I should so- show you some of the stuff I listen to. Please don't. I'd love to. Not tonight. I I never actually gave you... Like, we talked about you giving me CDs. I never gave you CDs. I'm going to make you some CDs. Do it. I'd gladly. Would you... Would you would you go to the dance with me if I made you some CDs? Sure. As long as you buy me a corsage. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, to me... I don't mind with music, but you have to use them wisely. Yeah. Like, economically, almost. It just, yeah, definitely, it drags by the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Again, sort of, like, likening it to movies and their runtime. Like, there are movies where they do go for, like, two plus hours, but it doesn't feel like it because the pacing and everything Mm -hmm. works. It's the same with music. Like... This could have been a much tighter, like, under four minute track. But instead there is a lot of filler and it shows. That's what I... One of the reasons why I kind of don't mind that the superhero movies got long, especially within the Avengers, mm. because, I mean, the last two Avengers films, they barely stuck... Like, they barely stay in the same spot for more than, you know, a few minutes. It's like, yeah. it go, it just goes and goes. Like, it just keeps changing. It's like, okay, so you're keeping my mind... You're keeping... You're keeping me, like, changing, like, my... Not my, my perspective, but you're just... My attention or whatever. Yeah. It just keeps changing. Shifting, yeah. Shifting my focus, basically, onto different things. And so, like, it makes it go, you know, for a three-hour movie, it makes it go kind of quickly. And, yeah, like... We will get back to talking about the song, but yeah, I feel like those franchises are starting to finesse fight scenes where it's not just like, here's 10 minutes of people with swords. Yeah. Like, they are starting to get the pacing right. Yeah. So that someone like me who truly couldn't give a shit about watching people fight can stay engaged enough to keep going. We should watch some martial arts films. No. Okay. You're just rejecting everything I suggest tonight. I just... Not today. Just... <laughs> give me Well, time. I mean, obviously not tonight. It's 10.20. Wow. We're not doing that. Let's look at other covers. So, I'm gonna... Talk, you know, we're talking about short, snappy covers. Mm-hmm. Me First and the Gimme Gimmies did Excellent. a cover of this. They sure did.
clocking in at about a cool two minute forty nine fifty nine seconds. Yep. Um, this just comes in immediately with that sort of. I never really listened to me first in the Gimme Gimmies. I did a little bit. I know that um, Fat Mike from No Effects is in the band, and I looked at like other people that were in the band, and it's like one of the dudes for, uh, for one of the, the former members of the No Use for a Name, who is oh. also now a member of the Foo Fighters. What? Yeah, and he's been a member of the Foo Fighters for years. Oh um, shit! Well, there you go. Is is in it? Uh, or no, was in it. He's not in them. Not playing with them anymore. Um, so they're not in the Foo Fighters. No, he is with the Foo Fighters. Right, gotcha. It was like, I'm going to leave everything else because the Foo Fighters is asking me to be in their band. Gotcha. And of course you would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely um, you would. So, you know, like I said, Fat Mike from, you know, No Effects fame. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, like I never really got into it, but I listened to it. And I mean, obviously going through like what they're gimmick is is they're like a surfer rock psychedelic kind of rockabilly punk band um who do covers yeah so basically we could just start a me first and then gimme gimme's podcast after this that would be great wouldn't be too far of a stretch i i feel like it would i would tire a bit of it though definitely Purely because it would be the same sort of treatment of each song. So it's just kind of like, yep, that's the gimme gimmies. Yeah. But, yeah. I do like that we're... I do like with this that it's, um, you know, a different band each week. Yeah. I couldn't do one where it's just the same band. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Chris Shiflett. Yes. Um, has been with the Foo Fighters... For a number of years. We are both looking at our phones and that's terrible. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. It's... Yeah, I... For 20 years he's been with the band. Shit. Yeah. Good on him. Shout out to Chris Shiflett. That's a cool name. We'll uh, we'll be talking about Chris Shiflett again in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, we will too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's, like their whole shtick. I like the way they did this song. I love that bass intro. Yeah, it's good. I was I discovered a new band. Yeah. As well, because I was watching the I was just listening to this on YouTube, and people were like, "Oh, that bass intro sounds like Forty Five Grave." I was like, "Who's Forty Five Grave?" And so I looked into Forty Five Grave, and Forty Five Grave was this is this sick old horror punk band. Oh. It came about I I think a couple years after the Misfits. Okay. Uh, and the, yeah, really really sick horror punk band with a female singer nice yeah no, that was cool and yeah listening to like the bass and that I was like oh yeah i get that yeah but then it also has that i don't know what that guitar technique is it's i'm gonna do it with my mouth and it's gonna sound terrible it's that one that's like sort of like goes down the neck of the guitar and it's just like so isn't it just a neck slide or something no it's a... not a neck slide it's like yeah. a, i don't know it's like a neck slide with a tremolo like a slow oh, yeah, neck slide with tremolo, a tremolo yeah. picking it's like a very surfer thing. Yeah. 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 Nice. And, um, yeah, I don't know. This ju- this does have the fun. Yeah. But it's not, it also still doesn't feel like it's making fun. No. This is sort of like the punk equivalent of being a sassy Paula Abdul. Yeah. 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 I don't know. What do you think? I agree. 
Like, I don't have a hell of a lot to say about it. I think mostly because, like, Me First and the Gimme Gimme's, I don't think they're meant to be, like, a novelty band, but for some reason I take them to be one. Because they kind of, I think they do stuff like they dress up in, you know, their Hawaiian shirts and all they, you know, they, you know, like the cover for this, and I think this album was, like, 2014, the album Diva. Yeah. And so, like, it's them, like, chugging bottles of champagne. I think one of them's in drag and, you know. It's it's like they have a fun and like one of the band, one of the members is called Fat Mike. Like Yeah. They yeah. have a fun personality to yeah. them. Yeah. Um Did that answer what you were saying? I got distracted. I, no, no, I think so. Like I don't have a hell of a lot to say about this, mostly because I take it as that I've literally just said like they're not making fun of the song, but I do treat it as like a bit of a gag cover almost. Like not that they're being funny about it, but just by virtue of what the band is like, I just sort of take it as like, they're sort of, to me, they're, I don't know, it's a bit like Tenacious D, how like, funny, but very technically clever yeah. and well done as well. Yeah. I think I would need to listen to more of their stuff to get a better idea. I was trying to find on like... Maybe I'll have a look on Spotify if you can vamp for a sec about... But it's kind of like, have you ever heard of Buckethead? Uh, by name. So Buckethead is this dude who wears... He has just like a plain white... I don't know what kind of mask you would call it. Joey Jordison from Slipknot used to... Or ex-member of Slipknot, Joey Jordison, used to wear a mask like this. It's just a plain white, you know, person's face mask. Right. And he wore a bucket of KFC, a KFC bucket on his head. Right. And so he looked ridiculous. Yeah. But he was also, he's also a tremendous guitarist. guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he performed with a whole, I think Dave, I think he performed with Dave Grohl. You know, oh, sick. And just a whole bunch of people. And he's like this incredibly proficient guitarist, but he's just has this incredibly silly look about him. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, I think... Oh, this is so annoying. I remember, like, my friend got me into Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, but I can't remember what song. It must, like... Who is this friend? Can we get them on the podcast? We could. I'll check in with them and see. Um, But, yeah, it was, like, one of those things where I was, like, sick, like, this rules, and now I can't remember which song it was. Shit, they've been around for ages, Me First. Yeah, I think they've been around since, like, 95. Fuck, that's cool. Um... So yeah, like, I don't have a hell of a lot to say because to me the first thing is just like, hell yeah, and then that's end of discussion. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So there is the part where it's the do, do you love me and they're doing the clap. Like, do, do you love me? Yeah. Which do you prefer? The clap or the gang vocal? Definitely for me it's the gang vocal. Yeah. Because my mother could do the clap. And... I'm inclined to agree. The clap I... is kind of cheap. Like, look, if I'm at a concert and everyone starts clapping in unison, like, yeah, I'll get involved. I was about to say, you're not that fucking guy who doesn't get involved, are you? If I'm watching, like, if, if we're going to see a musical and there's a bit for clapping and people start clapping, <laughs> I'm not clapping. Fair. That's not me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. And then I start getting really self-conscious because I'm not clapping. That's... I'm also the guy who goes to metal shows and I don't really throw up the horns. 
No. I I feel like that's corny as fuck. Like, even when they tell me to throw up the horns, I'm like... No. And, like, people are doing it around me and I still feel kind of subconscious about it. Subconscious. I still feel self-conscious about it for some reason. Yeah, no, I get that. To me, that's sort of inherently goofy. But then in saying that, I am very much like a finger... Like a fist pump, finger point kind of like... Like... And I feel like I did used to do a lot of that. Like, horns. I'm doing horns in the air at the moment. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, something about throwing up the horns at a metal concert sounds just inherently embarrassing. (laughs) And you can at me. I'm happy to argue it to the dead. To my death. I bob my head. like Yeah, yeah. I do a little bit of, like, if it's Black Dahlia Matter, I'll do a little bit of singing. Yeah. Um, Good. But besides that, no, I don't really like. I don't really throw up the horns. No. Call me. You can say I'm unmetal if you want. That's fine. Like it's not gonna hurt me. I'm. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I could definitely picture a metalhead just being like, "Fuck you!" Like. Oh yeah. <laughs> they can be real misers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. It's this thing where it's like the music is so. And especially in, like, the 80s, it was, like, so much about, like, bucking trends and going against what, you know, what the establishment tells you to do. But it's also so established. It's so regimented. Like, no, metal has to be this. If the person tells you to throw up your horns, you throw up your horns. Yeah. You have to wear only black. You can only do... (laughs) You can only like... You can't like this kind of metal. You can only like this kind of metal. You can't like anything with this kind of singing. This... Like, this can't be played on the radio. Or, like, commercially successful radio. It's like... There's so many rules to it. I feel like it is one of the more, like... Obnoxious genres. Or, like, precocious. Just sort of like... Well, actually, like... Well, yeah, it kind of is. But yeah, then again, like every fucking subgenre has something insufferable about it. I'm sure. But like, I've people men- are the worst. I've mentioned that. I still stand by it. The metal is the most expansive. Yeah. Oh, genre, yeah. Like, genre of music, and with its just ridiculous amount of subgenres. Yeah. And so you know, you could be, you know, you could look at something, and you, we've had the discussion. Like, you could listen to something and go, "Oh, that's good heavy metal," and then someone could come in and go, "Actually, that's thrash." Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, dude. It's all under the same banner. Yeah. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> this is this is coming from someone who's been in the genre of metal for, a, like, half his life. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Don't at me. I don't want you to... I mean, you can't Well, you me. don't have any social media, really, except for Facebook. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't so, know. So, me first and then gimme gimme's. Throwing up the shaka. Right back at you. Yep. How about Shrimpfield? Shrimp, fresh Shrimpfield. I fuck it. What a good name, Shrimpfield. Yeah, I was uh, 
shocked to when I researched this band to Would find out. Would you say out... you were shell shocked? <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. Continue. I uh, was shell shocked to find out that this band comes from Berlin, Germany. That is a of not all at all a name I would associate with Berlin, Shrimpfield. But I, you watch, I watched the film clip. They did a film clip for this, and it's yeah. them sort of... It's two guys. They're going around, walking around in the woods. I think it's like walking one of their dogs. They're very sort of like everyday, kind of every man kind of group that has fun with, you know, what they do. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, that's another thing with, with metal and especially death metal. You can't smile. These guys are smiling. Yeah. They're having a good time. Good. Um... And it's just like looking at, you know, yeah, looking at how they're sort of going about the film clip and how they're, you know, just the sound of the song and everything else. And I was just like, oh, wow, they're from Berlin. I was not expecting it. Yeah. So, no, I think it's a it's a cool cover, though. It is. I enjoy it. And they sort of bring back like the, oh, 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 don't they, at some point? I think they all are the only, um, yeah. The only one I don't think does it is Halifax. They do like a sort of like guitar bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think Me First does the um Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think he's got a really he's got a very unique kind of voice. And what do you what do you think about the um what do you think about the growls in it? I don't mind them. No. No. But yeah, I think it's a um it's a good juxtaposition between, you know, the clean singing. And it's got a really, like I said, like, he has a really unique voice. Like, it's... Yeah. I like the clean sound of it. It's kind of... Yeah, no, I'm not going to say it's Ozzy Osbourne-ish, but it's sort of, I don't know, has that kind of interesting quality to it. Yeah. And it, you know, that mixed in with the with the growls. It sort of has a good balance to it. This song, though, is, is all drums. All what, sorry? All drums. Like, the drums are very prominent in it. Which I don't oh, mind. Yeah. I like drums. Yeah. That's, they're good. Yeah. They keep the they keep the band in beat. They sure do. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't really have much beyond agreeing with what you've said to do with it. Our son is beating down the door to the studio. Like, it sounds like he's hurling himself at the door. I swear, I, I swear he has done that in the past. Just kind <laughs> of run, and in the last second, like, <laughs> turns and just, like, uses that last bit of momentum to just, like... He is a turd, but we love him dearly. You're not even at the door. He has learned how to... What's the thing? Teleport. <laughs> That too. No, what's the thing where you knock on someone's door and then you run away? Ding dong ditch. Yeah, he just ding dong ditched us. <laughs> Dick. Um, but, no, there he is. Dick! <laughs> yeah. What were we saying? I don't even know. Shrimpfield. Yeah, no, it rules. I like it. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Last one. We're finishing off the year strong. Another goal of mine for 2020 to get this guy on. Do, yeah, I was going to say, does he need an intro? He still needs an introduction. Buff Carell. 
Yo, yo, what's popping? It's your boy Buff Corral. You are so hard to read. You play hide and seek with your true intentions. If you only playing games, I just have to say. Do, do you love me? He's just such a force for good in this world. I love him. Like, what a champ. Truly. <laughs> I I genuinely get concerned that people think I'm taking the piss. Like, I'm not. No, like, we're not. We genuinely, like, we genuinely want to have him on the podcast, talk about one of the songs that he's done that correlates to this podcast. Yeah. And just talk to him. Yeah. Like, there's no... There's nothing you know, disingenuous. No. About it. Like, fuck, I want the world for this guy. Yeah, I want the best for Buff. Like, he deserves everything good in this world. So I do not have anything to say about this except keep doing what you're doing because you rule. It is a couple years old, but that doesn't matter. I feel like everything is ages out real quick with him because just the sheer volume of stuff that he does. Yeah. Like, it's wild. I remember when we first started this, like, going through our list of songs, like, our schedule, and just looking up every one of the songs under his YouTube account to see. And he has done a lot, but yeah, there was just, like, the sheer amount of songs he has upload and it's like holy shit like he goes back as well because he did um which i'm kind of mad about that we released the christmas episode before he did it um he did all i want for christmas is you but in saying that we only mentioned it briefly we did play it on the episode though yeah but that's all right that yeah would have liked to have put him in there with mariah yeah but yeah so he's already like he's got a couple of videos now for all i want Christmas is you. I think he did Flock of Seagulls twice as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he does, like, he sort of, you know, comes back to some of his old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But no. I, yeah. Good stuff from Buff. Whatever you're doing for New Year's, Buff, we hope you have a, a great 2020. Yes. Yeah. On that note, hell yeah or yeah nah? Hell yeah. For both? Yeah, definitely for both. I don't know what it is about this song that just sort of... I mean, especially what we found. I'm sure there are some pretty bad ones. But it just seems to cover really well. It does, yeah. I don't know what it is. It just, like, there's something about whether it's the beat, whether it's the the cadence, whether it's the lyrical content. This song just, like, the covers are just fantastic for this one. I feel like it's an accessible enough song that people can cover it and do it justice. Yeah. Like... It isn't one that you can, like, wang up easily. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I like that wang up. Well, I should have just, should have just said wang, like you wanged it. But anyway. Um, yeah. Like, it's a solid song that is not easy to cover, but, like, the elements within it, they don't require, like... Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. And, like, I'm, and I don't mean to harp on her other stuff. I feel like... 
opposite to track would be kind of really tricky to do like a pop punk cover of for some reason yeah um just that back and forth between two singers could be a bit tricky yeah and i know and i know you weren't saying like i wish this was opposite to track i just am sort of you know going back to her other work yeah but yeah it's just it's just a song that just seems to have just covered so well yeah yeah no i agree hell yeah on both accounts i look I am somewhat indifferent to the original. Like, it's good, somewhat indifferent to it, but still a hell yeah, purely for how accessible the song is. More so for you, like, hell yeah, if you can get your hands on a time machine, go back to 1988 and go to a 1980s club, do some blow and listen to it. Without the blow, but yes. All right. Yes. And dance to it. Yes. Do some coke, a cola. Sure. Any final words, final thoughts as we close out this decade, this episode? No, like this is, and I mean, we're going to be continuing this on for a while, yes, to say the yes. least. We will have a, I think we have, what, three or four more of these end of year ones. We really do. And look, no, it's been an absolute pleasure getting this started. It has. Um, you know, we mention it at the beginning, you know, getting to 2,000 plays now. We're not going to... Look, we're not going to every 1,000 plays. We're not going to bring it up. I might. You might? Nah. Maybe when we get to, like, 5,000 and then 10,000. Yeah. Um, You know, those are big milestones. But it just... it. Even when I look at it and go... Even if it's moved one play for the day, I'm like, wow, someone's listened to it. Yeah. Someone out there has listened to that. And, you know... I wish we sort of... I wish we did get a little bit more response. Yeah, it would be nice to hear from our listeners, but in saying that, shit's busy. Yeah. We're all living our lives. I'm also the kind... I I get it. I'm also the kind of person who really doesn't comment on social media stuff. Like, I, you know, tried at the beginning of the year. I had a, you know, Reddit account set up and, you know commented on posts and didn't really get responses from it so i was like okay yeah you know i get the idea of like you know not commenting yeah i also feel like social media is kind of a poison and that it's giving me brain worms so i need to stop but so yeah i get it if people are listening and hopefully enjoying but not necessarily reporting that back because yeah ideally i'd love to just live in the woods in a cabin and not have to engage with the outside world. <laughs> I'm imagining I'm imagining a group of our staunchest fans, if we have staunch fans. I hope yeah, so. A group of a group of people who are like, let's let, let's ring in the new year by listening to the last episode of the year and we've just talked about we've ended it with brainworms and we've just we've just started their twenty twenty after brainworms. <laughs> At exactly 12am, January 1st, 2020, they just hear brainworms echoing through the hall or whatever the hell, wherever they're listening. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah. No, I fully agree with all that. Like, thank you everyone who has listened, who has chucked us a like, chucked us a follow, talked about this with us in person asked us questions about it, shown any sort of interest. Like, it's... Yeah. It's early days yet, and it's very DIY, but I like that... Yeah. 
this project has taken like it already has taken off further than what I thought it would. Definitely. Like that's pretty incredible. I um, thought I thought the amount of plays that we've got on, you know, and I'm only talking about SoundCloud. I don't see what we do on, you know, iTunes. Mm. Um you know, I look at that and I would have thought that's probably where we would have ended up. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Yep. So to have done that in twenty two episodes. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. Um, and, and like I said, it's the thing I look forward to every week. Um, I agree. I know that I can be shit at actually wanting to record, but I do enjoy this thing. As long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. Of course I do. But listen, you know, whatever you're doing, have a safe new year. Yes. Ring it in. To your speed and to your liking. Yes. Be safe, but be happy. Yeah. You know, or try it. No, I'm not going to force happiness on you. I'm not going to be that guy that's like, oh, you're depressed, just be happy. But just, you know, know that our soothing voices can bring you in and then we'll talk about brainworms. Yeah. Be good. If you can't be good, be careful. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So happy new year, new year all, and uh, how are we ringing in twenty twenty? So our first song for the future will be the song "We Are the Champions" by Queen, as covered by Mayday Parade. They were a little indie band, weren't they? Yeah, you probably haven't heard much. Like I kind of I dig their older stuff, but yeah, they're kind of like indie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe you can try... Like, it might be a little bit difficult. You might be able to find their stuff. Yeah. But, like, you'd have to search pretty pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, look, it, it'll get confused a lot with, like, Her Royal Highness. But, yeah. Have a go at Googling Queen. See what comes up. But, look, if you can't find anything, we'll be able to fill you in in the new year. Yeah. In 2020. Mm-hmm. But until then, thanks for listening. We have been Punk Goes Pod. And we will continue to be. Here now and forever. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Bye. Bye.